going on here at Parkview. There's three services. There's a deaf meeting around God's Word this morning, and deaf church, and also junior church going on, and our workers. So pray for our junior church uh, services as well, and of course our auditorium here this morning. So we pray the Lord be lifted up in each of those services. Acts chapter 10, and uh, we're going to take a look at one verse this morning. Acts chapter 10 and verse 36. Acts 10.36, the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, notice in parentheses, he is Lord of all. I want to preach this morning on Lord of all. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word, and and we know that uh, these verses that we'll be reading today are uplifting and magnifying the Lord Jesus, your son, Father. And we pray that everything we do from this point on, uh, as well as what has been said and sung, has brought you pleasure and has glorified Jesus. Now, Lord, I don't know each and every heart, but you do. And I pray you take this message and apply it to each. And I do, Lord, this message is for Christian folks primarily today, Lord, to, to allow Jesus to become Lord of their life. And Father, I just pray that you give me the unction from on high. Dear Holy Ghost, use me and speak through me today. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now, last Sunday, of course, if you were here, you'd remember that it was I Love My Church Sunday. And in those services, uh, we were looking at our spiritual love lives with the Lord. And since the Lord has saved us, and since he has made us one of his own, uh, we have another step now in Christian growth. And today I just felt Lord, led of the Lord to talk to you about the Lordship of Christ in your life. Now I said it's primarily a message to the saved, but I want, if someone is here that does not know Jesus Christ as personal Savior, I want to just say from the get-go, the Lord loves you. And Jesus died for you. He shed his blood on the cross of Calvary to, to wash away your sin debt and, and make you a child of God. And I pray through the preaching that the Holy Spirit will apply this message to your heart. And please, ask him in. Invite him in to save your soul and to be your personal Savior. But today I'm talking about the Lordship of Christ. Unsaved people cannot make Jesus Lord. Uh, Saved people, however, can. And just like salvation is receiving what God has given to you, you receive him by faith into your heart, I believe the next step, of the Christian life, making him Lord of your life is also a decision that you and I have to make. Now, this is what the Lord intends for everyone. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering, uh, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So we know it is God's will for people to be saved. But I believe it is also God's will for saved people to live for God. Uh, Brother Tom, I said, you, you must have got the same memo that I got from the Lord, because every song he picked went along with following Jesus and being obedient to Jesus. And, and that's what being a, a, a true follower, a disciple of Christ is all about. It is allowing him to be Lord of our lives. The scripture teach emphatically that it is the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn to Philippians chapter 2 briefly, if you would. Philippians chapter 2. Uh, it is the redemptive plan of God that all be saved, but it also in that plan is that Christ might be Lord 
in every believer's life. Not just for preachers, not just for missionaries, not just for evangelists, not just for leadership of the church, deacons. Hey, listen, every believer ought to come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, the scripture says, Let this mind be in you. Listen, Christian. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God. What about that? Thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself no reputation, and took unto him the, the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being fa- and found fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name. Now watch this, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, and things of earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hey, that's, that's, that's the goal. That's the plan. God saved you that you might glorify him. God saved us through the shed blood of Jesus Christ that we may make him Lord of our life. Whether you recognize it or not, he is Lord, according to Scripture. Therefore, let all the house of Israel, our text this morning, know assuredly that God hath made this same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Both Lord and Christ. Jesus is to be supreme. He is superior. He is to be Savior of all that trust in him. Now, I, I just say as a, as, a, as a pastor for these 37 years, I have seen people come to know Christ, and, and, and thankfully I've seen many follow on to know the Lord uh, in, in an intimate way and let him lo- be Lord of their life. But sadly, I've seen many Christians come to know the Lord as Savior, but never make that same choice. And they flounder around, and they're not fruitful, and they're not joyful. They're not using their gifts for God's glory. And sometimes, some of those people are the most miserable people I've been around. See, God has created us for His glory. God has saved us for His honor and glory. And the Lord wants maximum, listen, fruitfulness out of our life. And it ain't going to happen unless we bow the knee. Unless we make Him Lord. Now, according to Scripture... Uh, it ought to be our delight to speak of Jesus. The Bible says in Matthew one twenty one, And she brought forth her son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. In Luke 19 and verse 10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. We know these verses in the Bible about why Jesus came. He came to save lost sinners. I thank God for that. Paul said in 1 Timothy one fifteen, This is a faithful saying. And worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And here's what Paul adds, of whom I am chief. I feel that way. Why in the world did God ever save me? I mean, chief of sinners. I didn't deserve it. I still don't deserve it. Amen. But thank God he saved my soul. Thank God he saved your soul. Now what are you going to do with that? Are you just going to hoard it? Are you just going to sit on that? Or are you going to do something with it? Lordship of Christ gives you an opportunity to be so used of God and so blessed of God. Isaiah said this, and uh, he, he said, uh, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. That's our job. Isaiah was saying to the people of God, Hey, make God big in the eyes of other people. In Luke 2, uh, 2 and verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is what? Christ the Lord. 
In Acts 2.36, again, in that God hath made this same Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. So here's the question today. Is Jesus Lord of your life? Now, don't, don't be quick to answer that. Don't say, oh, yeah, yeah, he's Lord of my life. Oh, is he? Now, I'm not trying to be ugly here, but listen, there's, more than just, there's just more than just a statement there. Is it fact? Have you come to the place where you've made Lord Jesus Lord of your life? It implies submitting to his sovereign nature. The Bible says in John 1 and verse 12, But as many as receive him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God, even them that believe on his name. I'm glad that you can believe on the Lord's name, aren't you? I can share that with people wherever I go. Hey, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Amen. I can tell people, listen, uh, come to the Lord. He'll not turn you back. He'll receive you. But you know what? What's sad is so many Christians are willing to take that step, and they become Christians, but then they just want to run their life. They, God is like a spare tire in the back of the trunk. He's, he's kind of there if you need him. But he wants to be more than that. He wants to be your... Uh, your, 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 your personal Lord and Savior. He wants to be your companion through this life. Uh, the one who has come into our hearts and lives by faith wants to sit on the throne of our heart and life. Uh, Jesus said in Revelation 3 and verse 21, I am set down with my Father in his throne. So has Christ become Savior of your life? I hope so. I hope you're saved. But has Christ become Lord of your life? I see so many Christians today that started out so well, but they've not finished, or they're not finishing well. And the story's not completely told. I get that. I know people can get right with God. I know they can get revival in their... I just wish more would. Because I see so many people that know God by Savior, followed Him, promised Him, you know, I'm going to live for you, I'm going to do this for you, I'm going to... and then back out in the world. Back out into unfaithfulness. Back out into where they used to be uh, years ago when they should have gone on to follow Jesus. This morning, I want to encourage you, make Jesus Lord of all. All of your life. First thing I want to say this morning is Jesus Christ, Lord of your life. Now, we are really, we, we have a trinity in the Bible. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Do you know that man is a trinity also? Man is a trifold being. He made us that way. Theology, we call it uh, tripartite, which means a view of the trichotomy of man, that we have body, soul, and spirit. We're made of three distinct parts. In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says this, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, not H-O-L-Y, W-H-O-L-L-Y, wholly, completely. Watch it. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved famous under the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got three parts to you, Christian. And a lot of times I see Christians, it's kind of like a car. Not all the cylinders are, are, are working right. And we wonder why we're not getting anywhere. We wonder why the church isn't getting farther down the road. Amen? We don't have maximum efficiency, if you would, because there's so many Christians that are not seeing this body, soul, and spirit part. The Lord wants all of you. He saved all of you. Amen. And this means that we can glorify God most when we let him have absolute sway in our life. Now listen, what I feel is important. What I think, what I allow to come into my mind, what I, what I choose to believe is important. 
what, what and who I am, where I go, who I befriend, who I marry, where I worship, how I live my life, how I dress, how I speak, how I conduct business, what I allow to give place in my heart and life. It matters. I'm not my own. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19 and 20, what? It's a question to Christian people. The church at Corinth was a carnal group of people. And he says, what? Know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, you are not your own? Why? For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God. Paul also said in Romans 14, 8, whether we live or whether we, uh, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are, watch it, the Lord's. It doesn't say Jesus. It doesn't say that. It said the Lord's. It's given us his rightful title, Lord of our life. Again, each of us have many parts to our whole. We have emotional, intellectual, and, and, and uh, volatile beings. And that means if Jesus is truly the Lord of your life, then he has access and rule over all of you, every part of you. If Jesus is truly the Lord of our heart, then there are no rooms, listen, or departments whereby we say, God, you can't go in there. We don't say to God, you can't have that part of me. He wants all of you. Did he not give him entire self to us? Even to the shedding of his own blood. And he expects that of you and I. Not part-time Christianity. Not sloppy uh, salvation testifiers. There's a lost world out there that needs to see Christians rise up and be Christ-like. So it's important for us to say today, if we've not said it any other time, Lord, I make you Lord of my life. Or go back to a time where you know that you made him Lord, but something interfered. Hey, folks, life happens. Things go wrong. We get disappointed. People disappoint us. Hardships come. Sorrow comes. Sin happens. But he's still Lord. Let's make him Lord of our lives. If Jesus is truly Lord of all, as some have said, he's Lord of all. Or he's not Lord at all. Does he have you lock, stock, and barrel? The whole kit and caboodle. The whole ball of wax, a whole enchilada. Any way you can understand that, does he have you entirely? Or do you just claim him to be your savior? Oh, I'm going to heaven. Is that all that matters? Listen, I'm glad. I'm glad you're going to heaven. But that's not all that matters to the Lord. He saved you for more. We are a trinity in and of ourselves. Body, soul, and spirit. We have many parts that make up the whole. There are many facets to our Christian experience. For instance, we all have a home life. Christ should be Lord of our home. I have a mate. I have children. I have grandchildren. I had parents. Uh, I have siblings and nieces and nephews that look to me for care. That's important in this lordship of Christ's salvation. We all have occupations, careers to maintain. God knows that. We have friends and we have associates that we need to foster. We have possessions and responsibilities that we need to look after. We have services to render and make due diligence of. Listen, that's all in the plan of God. 
So many people say, well, I can't do this because i got to do this, and I can't do this because I'm so busy working, and I can't do this because I don't have enough time in the day. Make Him Lord of your life. Get your priorities in order, and then God will get your life in order. So many Christians that have not made Jesus Lord of their life, they're running everywhere and every which way, and their life is so out of disorder, and there's no joy, and there's no peace, and they're always saying, well, I go to church more, but I got this, and I honor God more, but I got this, and, and I would serve the Lord like I told him I would, but I got this. Hey, make him Lord again, and he'll help you with all that. You know, some things have got to go. He's to have preeminence in our life. Not part-time, not a little bit. That's what we're talking about today. If Jesus is truly Lord of your life, he will take precedent in our relationships, in our responsibilities. If Christ is Lord of our lives, he'll be sovereign in every area of my life. We talk about carnal Christianity. Folks, that's not the way it ought to be. Really. It ought to be Jesus first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these other things shall be added unto thee. I was talking about Uncle Pat this morning, a little emotional by that. There's a man that's followed Christ. But you know, I've watched him through the years. I like to say he's of the generation of Christians that were John R. Rice type of believers. Hey, John R. Rice was a powerhouse preacher. And he'd preach it like it was, and people would receive the preaching. And it made them great Christians. Today, people can't take preaching. You know why? Because people don't want commitment. And preachers don't preach like John R. Rice used to preach. You know what we got today? A bunch of preachers preaching what people want to hear rather than what they need to hear. I want every Christian that I know come in contact to follow Christ as Lord and Savior. I was telling the young couples this morning, Brother Chuck, in the class, what if every Christian would try to win souls? What if every Christian was a discipler of people? What if every Christian in the church used their gifts for the glory of God? What kind of church would you have? But we're content to just have a little, to get by. Oh, I'm telling you, if we make Christ reigning and Lord of our life and our heart, He'll have no rivals. We will be in right relationship and we'll be happy. We sing the song. We come to church. King of my life, I crown thee now. Thine shall the glory be. I messed that up. I should have had Tom sing it. But those are good words. King of my life, I crown thee now. Thine shall the glory be. Is that how it is? Is Jesus Lord of my life or not? Second point. All that goes into the decision of making Jesus Lord in our life. Think about this. There are many implications to making Christ Lord of our lives. First of all, it means that Jesus will have absolute ownership of us. We say this, I am his and he is my Song of Solomon. Last week we got in there talking about the love relationship with Christ and the church. Now, I don't belong to myself. I belong to Christ. I don't... Just like the Holy Spirit. When I got saved, God gave me all the Holy Spirit. He didn't give me parts of the Holy Spirit. I got all of Him. But does He have all of me? That's the question. To be filled with the Spirit of God is having the Holy Spirit have all of you. When's the last time you said, God, here you you got me all? That's what He wants to hear. He is to reign and rule in my life. 
my plans, my dreams, my body, my, my, uh, my talents, my money, my children, my, my loved ones, my house, my assets, my retirement savings. Does he have it all? He should. He's Lord of all. It implies unquestioning obedience. In Matthew chapter 8, uh, in verse 9, listen what the scripture says. It says, for I am a man under authority. I mean, Jesus was talking to that soldier. Having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh, and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. He's given illustration. Here's a man in authority. He's telling Jesus, you know, you don't have to come to my house because I know authority. He said, I tell a servant to do it, and he does it. I tell him to go here, and he goes there. I want to ask you, Christian, is that the way it is with you and your Lord? He ought to be able to say, do this, and you do it. Go here and you go. Uh, Sacrifice and you sacrifice. Why? Because he is Lord. It doesn't make sense when we don't call him Lord. You know, one one time in the scripture, uh, Peter was talking to the Lord, and and, and God was speaking to him about uh, certain things that will happen to him. And here's what Peter said to him. God said, well, if you serve me, this is going to happen. You know, God will tell you. He'll be honest with you. If you serve me, it's not going to necessarily be easy. If you serve me, it won't be a bed of roses. And he's telling that to Peter. And Peter's, and he said, but, but you're going to do this. This is what's going to happen to you. And Peter says, listen, not so, Lord. Now, that, that statement doesn't work. How can you say no and Lord in the same sentence? You can't. And Peter said, not so, Lord. And the Lord says, then you have no part of me. Oh, he said, no, I don't want that. But virtually what we do today in today's Christianity is we're saying, not so, Lord. Don't touch my marriage. Don't touch my family. Don't touch my job. That's my business. Don't touch my, don't touch my health. Don't, don't touch my, 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 my ministry, Lord. Who gave you that body? Who gave you that ministry? Who gave you your salvation? Is he Lord? Is he Lord? It means wholehearted service unto the Lord. Go to Isaiah chapter 1, the great prophet of God. Isaiah chapter 1. Real quick, I won't keep you there long. I'm sorry, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. You know these verses. If you've been saved any length of time, you've heard them preached. You studied you might have even taught them yourself. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon his throne, high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. Now notice verse 5. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, what? The Lord of hosts. Verse 8. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Trinity. Then said I, here am I, send me. You see, when we get a glimpse of who the Lord really is, like Isaiah did, high and lifted up, and there's voices crying out in our heart and soul, holy, holy, holy Lord God, omnipotent reign. Reign in my life. Reign in my whole life, Lord. You heard the next question. Who will go for us? Not me. Uh Uh-uh. No. I'm afraid if you have that mindset and you've met with God, you'll say, here am I, Lord. Here am I, Lord, send me. Remember when the Apostle Paul, he was on the road to Damascus and he got saved, and all that was going on, God was doing a spiritual operation on him, 
And he said, Lord, what would you have me to do? He had it right right from the get-go. Lord, what would you have me to do? That's the question. Lordship of Christ. Now I want to say this, and I'll be totally honest with you. Too many people in here know me where I used to be, so I can't be dishonest. I want to be honest with you, okay? I haven't always been immediately allowing the Lord to be Lord of my life. I wanted to run the show. Some of it was in ignorance, and some of it was free will. But through life, and through some spankings, and through the blessings of God, it's the, it's the goodness of God that leadeth to repentance. God's been too good to me not to let him be Lord. But I've been spanked a time or two. But I've learned through the years, really, why not make him Lord? I mean, he's worth it. Here's what the songwriter says. I can hear my Savior calling. I can hear my Savior calling. I can hear my Savior calling. Take thy cross and follow, follow me. Here's how we're supposed to answer. Where he leads me, I will follow. Sing with me. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him, with him, all the way. That's the way it's supposed to be. And oftentimes, folks, we just sing the song. But we don't mean it. We're not living there. Something else making Lord Christ your life, it implies absolute trust. Now, if we can trust him to save our souls and take us to heaven when we die, how come we can't trust him with our life? I remember as a young man, I was struggling with the call to preach. And, and you've all heard this testimony many times, but I was struggling with that. And, and we had a meeting, a tent meeting, and Sammy Allen was the preacher. Man, what a wild preacher. And, and, and we were listening to him each night, and the preacher set me up. He invited me over to that house where Jeremiah lives now. And, and we went over there for a meal, and Marvin Harris was the singer of the tent meeting, and Sammy Allen was the preacher. And I never forget this, sitting at the table, just fellowshipping after a service, and my pastor set me up, Russ. He said to, he said to Brother Allen, he said, what do you think about a young man who will not trust God enough to serve him as God intends him to serve? Man, I was mad. And here's what Sammy Allen looked at me, and he said, son... I believe you're in the sin of unbelief. That even made me matter. I didn't come out and say anything. I was a 163-pound squirt. Both these guys are big men. And, and Brother Sammy walks with God. So I wasn't going to say it to their face. But in my heart, that's how I felt. And that's what I thought. And I got home in the middle of the night, and the Lord woke me up. I had a meeting with God in the middle of the night. I was talking to the young couples today. We were talking about houses and remodeling. And, and they were talking about... You go into a house and it's got orange cabinets and a green refrigerator and a harvest gold uh, range. And th- that was the 70s, man. That was groovy. That was in. I was there. And we had shag carpet, about that thick, that, that long, chocolate brown. And we had our own plastic rake. And we raked that living room carpet. Well, I fell down in the middle of that, met with God, not crying, weeping. All right, and here's what happened. I fully surrendered. I fully surrendered. Never got over it. Tell you every detail about that night.
but I wrestle with God. I haven't always. And I'm, I, I'm not saying I'm perfect. No, no, no. Got a long way to go. But I have done this. I have made Jesus Lord of my life. And I'll tell you, there's no turning back. And I'm not, I'm not sorry one bit about it. And I'll tell you what, Christian, some of you, you need to do that. You need to hit the altar. You need to get your face in some shag carpet. You need to, you need to get somewhere alone with God and say, Lord, you're not only Savior, you're not only God enough to save my soul, but you're God enough to serve. And I make you Lord of my life. Oh, we got to get back to that church. The Lord is calling. The Holy Spirit is dealing with us. The Bible uh, says this, 1 Corinthians 2 and 12 verse 3. I'm almost done, stay with me. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaketh uh, by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now what I want to say here is how can we place Jesus on the throne of our lives and make him Lord? You can't. But the Holy Spirit can. And that Holy Spirit was within you, Christian. He abides in you. He lives in you. He wants to comfort you. He wants to instruct you. He's your teacher. Amen. All of that's important. But He's coaxing you. He's encouraging you. He's saying, make Him Lord. Make Him Lord. Make Him Lord. You'll never be sorry. But we do. We get to a point, and then we say, I don't know if I can do this. Hey, if you can trust Him to save your soul, why can't you trust Him to make you Lord? We're going to be wrapping up this service in just a minute. Maybe some of you, I have this question, very big question. Have you truly ever been saved? I mean, you know that you know that you know that you're saved. I, in this audience, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that there's three or four people that say, Preacher, I've never known, I don't have assurance of my salvation. Hey, listen, nail that down. God doesn't want you to live through life hoping so, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. Don't do that. And every, every person I've met that finally has surrendered and said, you know what, I asked him to save me, he saved me, I'll move on. They got peace and they became fruitful Christians. But just to stay there, you'll never be what God wants you to be. If you need assurance, get it. If you don't know, chuck it and get a no-soul salvation by calling on him today. But let's move past that. Have you made him Lord? The songwriter says this, Why do you wait, dear brother? Why do you tarry so long? Your Savior is waiting to give you a place in his sanctified throne. Why not, why not, why not come to him now? Why not, why not, why not come to him now? If you're lost, come to him now. But listen, if he's your Savior and you're not making him Lord, why not? Why not come to you? Why not come to him? Why not come to the place where you can say, you know what? That's good preaching. That's right preaching. Now, for some of you, that's going to mean you're going to take a step of scriptural baptism. If you've been saved but you've never been scripturally baptized, you ought to. That's the first step of obedience in the Christian life. Some people have been baptized, but they've not been scripturally baptized. Some people have been baptized in order to complete their salvation. That's no such thing. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you're saved. But you ought to be baptized to show you're saved, 
Not in order to get saved, but to show that you are saved. Scriptural baptism is by immersion. It shows the death, burial, and resurrection. There's none of this sprinkling. There's none of this pouring. I was baptized by my parents at a church one day. That's unscriptural baptism. So if you've been saved, you ought to follow in scriptural baptism. You have uh, the right reason, obedience. You have the right mode. That's immersion in water, picturing the death, death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. The right administrator is the local church. And the local church deems that the pastor, usually the ordained pastors, do the baptizing. But it doesn't have to be. They could cho- the church could choose anybody to be the designated baptizer. But it is the local church that baptizes. Listen, you're sitting out here, you're saved. But have you been scripturally baptized? You ought to follow the Lord in that. And then lastly, have you made Jesus Lord of your entire life? These are steps. Steps of obedience. Every time I've, in the Christian life, every time I've, I've, I've had to make a decision, it's been, it's been sometimes a struggle, and I have to have the Lord show me in his word. And he showed me, okay, Lord, took another step. Okay, Lord, took another step. Okay, Lord, take another step. Okay, Lord. You'll never get to where God wants you to be until you're willing to make those steps, those steps of obedience. So today, how is it, Christian? Go to 2 Corinthians 12, and we're going to wrap it up. I'm taking out a lot of other points, but I believe you got the message today. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and take a look at what Paul writes here in verse 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. Now, this isn't easy for Paul to say, but listen to what he says. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. What? In reproaches. In necessities, in persecutions, in distresses. You take pleasure in these things? Paul? Why? For Christ's sake. You see that? For when I am weak, then am I strong. How did Paul get there? How did Paul say, I take pleasure in all these bad things to make Christ Lord? I'll guarantee you one of these days, you and I, we're going to be in glory. And you know, like we all said, first one I want to see is the Lord, obviously. After seeing the Lord, I'll be honest with you, I want to see some of my loved ones. Yeah, I want to see Paul, I want to talk to Stephen, that's obvious, and we're going to see him. I want you to understand something, saints. We're going to see, and I'm preaching on this stuff tonight, we're going to see and know some of these Christian people. We're going to recognize them. And we're going to be reunited with them. And I want to talk to Paul someday. But you know what? I'd like to, when I do, say, Paul, how, how could you make that statement? I have pleasure in all this. Here's what Paul will probably say back. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure. I made Christ Lord of my life. Have you made Christ Lord of your life? You trust him enough to save you. Can you trust him to make him Lord of your life? Here's my question, last point. Who will today, if you haven't already, make Jesus Lord of your life? I didn't intend, I did not know that Pat Cook would be in services today. I think Norman is your first name, right, Uncle Pat? I did not know. What an example He's probably going to get into me after the service. 
What an example this man has been in my life. Let me ask you, Christian, don't you want to be such a Christian? Don't you want to know that your life mattered and it counted? It can, but it won't if you don't make him a Lord. Now, I know Uncle Pat's not perfect. Aunt Bev will attest to that. He's a good man. A good Christian man for a long time. If you want a testimony that you know your life made an impact and an effect for Christ's sake, you must make him Lord. You must make him Lord. Is Christ Lord of all? Let's bow our heads if we would. Every head bowed, Brother Tom, if you'd come. Today, if you need to be saved, come and trust Christ as your Savior. If you're not sure, come and let us take the Word of God and help you with the assurance issue you have. But come and make him Lord. Come and submit to biblical baptism if that's what's needed. Church membership, rededication. I don't know what you need today, but the Holy Ghost does. But the altar's open. You come. Let's pray. Father, do the work now. Preaching's been done. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd lead your saints back to a lordship position with Jesus Christ. Help us to fall on our faces before you and make you Lord. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand if we-